Around here, the sun came out for the first time in a week, and grown men fell on their knees and wept in thanksgiving. I could have saved them the trouble if they would have just joined me here first at knee-deep instead, relaxed for a few minutes, and listened in. But I'm happy you've made it through another week of dreary Midwest gloom, and perhaps this episode, number 59, will add a bit of extra vitamin C to your outlook on life. As always, I welcome your feedback on Instagram at author Jeff Bender or on my website, jeffmbender.com. And don't forget the M as in running out of my breath here. Please. That was a lot. This episode is entitled, In the End, He Died the Way He Wanted, Talking. While talking to my daughter last week, she made the comment that I could talk to a doorknob. Her remark hung out there for a long second while I sorted out some details about her inheritance, but then finally concluded that her opinion was worth some scrutiny. On the playing field of life, doorknobs rank rather low in my book, falling somewhere between drywall and doormats, but certainly no higher than caulk. While it is true that we could not get by without them, no one ever said their doorknob was the first thing they'd grab if they had to escape a burning building. Now that I think of it, though, moving quickly towards a doorknob in that situation might not be a bad idea. Still, I think the doorknob remark of my daughter's was a bit reaching. In the Blunder household, I counted some 14 doorknobs altogether, including the ones on the front and back of each door, with each one having a slightly different patina of fingerprints and residue of hand sanitizer. But there is no known evidence, audio or otherwise, that would suggest I've had a conversation with any of them. We do have a pocket door I talk to quite a bit because it was never installed correctly from the get-go and doesn't lock very well. I've tried to chit-chat with the door latch, Mostly conservative comments, given that it's an election year. Nothing offensive in these uncertain times. In the hopes, I can become the change I want to see in the world. But apparently my skills of conversing with doorknobs doesn't extend to latches and pocket doors. And even though I'm entering my golden years, I believe I've still got time to change my daughter's image of me, rather than the current one of me sitting on a stool, face-to-face with a doorknob, jabbering away a mile a minute. I want my core family to have some good things to say about me when I leave this earth. I want them to be able to sprinkle the earth with my wise sayings and repeat the stories about my charitable giving and bravery. Yes, he was an amazing man, I imagine my family saying. He once battled a school of piranhas single-handedly while towing a raft loaded with children up the Amazon. We don't know how he found the strength, but we think he had a special gift from God to be able to grip that rope with his teeth and swim that raft. Well, it's nothing short of amazing. Oh, and also, he could talk to a doorknob. I mean, if there was a doorknob anywhere nearby, Jeff was talking to it. I'm just not sure how I feel about that kind of legacy. 
At the time when the doorknob comment fell out of my daughter's mouth like a brick, it was kind of a conversation stopper, a revolutionary way of getting my attention, and it worked. I thought for a brief second it might be a compliment about my friendliness, but there was no context for it at the time. Boom! There it was! My daughter simply floated it out there while we were talking about healthy foods to eat. So I'm not quite sure how doorknobs and my socialness ended up together in the same conversation. Normally, when the subject of doorknobs comes up, it's not because of health foods, but because someone has locked themselves in a gas station bathroom and can't get out without screaming. Even then, the subject of doorknobs is rarely brought up by the medics who are giving mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation or applying those electrical fibrillation pads. By the way, there were any number of foods brought up in that very conversation, beets, for example, which I have a very tenuous relationship with. I didn't know, for example, that they can turn your urine red so that at one point in my life, many years ago, I had a lot of tests done at considerable expense only to find out that my worries were unfounded. I know this story contains a bit more information that's necessary, but I tell you to show how difficult it is to mix doorknobs into the subject of health foods, no matter how talented a conversationalist you might be. In fact, when I think of the subject of doorknobs and how many there are in the world, whether they've been installed correctly, how well they contribute to the feng shui of surrounding areas, and how history has pivoted on their existence, I can't imagine ever, ever, bringing one up with the subject of health food, specifically the ones we were discussing, namely seaweed, edamame salads, and turmeric. Doorknobs fall, I realize now, under the general category of mostly nothing and are usually responsible for exchanges between people who have gone badly off topic. I don't have the courage to ask my daughter what her comment meant. It can mean a lot of good things, but if it doesn't and she hesitates or falters when she tries to dig herself out of the ditch she has dug for herself, I'm going to feel that on some level I have failed as a parent and that I will be remembered as the father who had many grand and glorious qualities, but who could, in the end, only be counted on to talk to doorknobs. This is what my daughter will say in my parting. Yes, a stalwart citizen, caring and doting father. Our beloved Jeff was sensitive and kind, good with children and generous with his family. However, he did talk to doorknobs. Yes, he did. I know it comes as quite a shock to those of you in attendance, but we felt that now is the time to reveal his secret life, a life of wanton disregard wholesale ignorance, and communication failures. By the way, Kleenex are being passed around right now. No, not those. That stuff is seaweed, which you're welcome to try. But yes, Jeff was a talker. And not just that, he talked to doorknobs. Not just occasionally, but incessantly, his entire life. There was the one in the spare bedroom he particularly liked to talk to. And we have an actual transcript of a Jeff talk uploaded on the doorknob channel 
so you can see it for yourself. It's horrible, we know, to find this out now. Too late to do anything about it. Maybe we could have helped him if we would have known sooner. It's an absolute shock, really, but someone has to set the record straight. Lay it all out there. Get a handle on things, so to speak, and let history be the judge for Jeff. Do not weep for him. No, Jeff would not have wanted that. He would want you to hold your heads up and be proud and know that his place in heaven will not be hampered by any entrance above that he cannot talk to. He would want you to believe there is no doorknob that's beyond his grasp. He will meet that great door in the sky. Yes, he will. And turn that knob, maybe twice, and if it doesn't work, he will talk to it until it does. Yes, he will. He will get through that gate, that access, that door, and prevail. He may first have to introduce himself to it, chit-chat for a couple of hours like he did to all the doorknobs while he was here on earth, ease the redemptive tension, but he can talk to even a doorknob. We know this about him, so there's no chance he might turn the knob and be put off. Even as I speak, he's talking the ear off that great emancipating doorknob right now, reunited in endless conversation for an eternity with the one who made all doorknobs. That statement will be read by my daughter. She will begin with the discussion of beets and by taking small sips of highly nitrogenated spring water while throwing back some vitamin D. And then she will re reveal that I had discussions, some of them rather deep, with doorknobs. After her touching eulogy, as those in attendance approach her and reach out to hold her hand, they will tell her how sorry they are for her loss. There will be tears, but tears of hope as she offers them a small doorknob magnet as a commemorative keepsake with one hand and a small bag of mixed nuts with the other. Then, honoring my last and final request, all the doorknobs will be removed from the funeral parlor and she will be forced to talk with every last person in attendance. And I am certain she will be able to do that for hours on end. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Please subscribe so you receive notifications of future episodes. I look forward to wading in knee deep with you next week.